0: Everybody, it's an honor to, to actually be able to do this on our three year location, as well as one year in this actual building. I'm I'm very honored. I remember the the catch up that I had with Pastor Joe when he said, "Come to Morayfield with me," and I was like, oh, "Maybe it's pretty new. It seems like a lot of work," but I, I said yes, and it was probably the best decision I've ever made. So. I'm honoured. Um, it's You Belong Here Sunday, as you know, so you got the wog up here to preach. <laughs> so, uh, but we're going we're gonna to start tonight. We're just going to get directly into the Word tonight. Um, we're going to read... For, oh, this morning, sorry. I'm, I preach at night every other time. Uh, so we're going to pre- uh, read from Exodus 3, 1 to 10. And it says, One day Moses was tending the flock of his father-in-law Jethro, And the priest of Midian, he led the flock far into the wilderness and came to Sinai, the mountain of God. There the angel of the Lord appeared to him in a blazing fire from the middle of a bush. And Moses stared in amazement. Though the bush was engulfed in flames, it didn't burn up. This is amazing, Moses said to himself. Why isn't that burning bush, why isn't that bush burning up? I must go see it. When the Lord saw Moses coming to take a closer look, God called him from the middle of the bush, Moses, Moses. Here I am, Moses replied. Do not come any closer, the Lord warned. Take off your sandals, for you are standing on holy ground. I am the God of your father, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob. When Moses heard this, he covered his face because he was afraid to look at God. Then the Lord told him, I have certainly seen the oppression of my people in Egypt. I have heard their cries of distress because of their harsh slave drivers. Yes, I am aware of their suffering, so I have come down to rescue them from the power of the Egyptians and lead them out of Egypt into their own fertile and spacious land. It is a land flowing with milk and honey. The land where the Canaanites, Hittites, Amorites, Perizzites, Hivites and Jebusites now live. Look, the cry of the people of Israel has reached me and I have now, uh, I've seen how harshly the e- Egyptians abuse them. Now go for I am sending you to Pharaoh. You must lead the people out of Egypt. My message titled this morning is called, It is Time to Shed. No, there's not a secret working bee after that we're building a shed and I'm just doing a, a great speech on, on let's build this shed together because we need more youth supplies. No, no, it's not that at all. I'm actually speaking about there's things that we've, we've made beliefs in our lives that have actually held us back and it's time for us to shed those beliefs. See... In Jeremiah 29, actually 29, 11, it says, For I know the plans I have for you, says the Lord. They are plans for good and not for disaster, to give you a future and a hope. See, God has a plan for all of us. But to actually get to that, that call, cool, to actually get to that plan, there are things that we need to shed and it's actually up to us. Let's pray. Dear Lord, thank you for what you are doing in this great location of Morayfield. I pray, open up our hearts and ears this morning and let what I'm about to say be your words, not mine. In your name, amen. Amen. Have you ever um, been with a family or friend and, you've, and like they've brought up something to do or like an activity or something? And you're like, yeah, that sounds unbelievable. Like, let's do it. And, you, and, you're, and they're like, yeah, let's do it. But in your mind, you're like, there's no chance I'm doing that. <laughs> like, like, but to them, you're like, yeah, like 100%. And so, like, you would like texting and you're like, yeah, like, I can't wait for this. Like, it's going to be awesome. And it gets to the day. And you're just like, you think of any excuse. It's like, oh, my sisters, brothers, cousins, dog died. He's really sad. I just need to be with him. Oh, I forgot to water my plants. Oh, i got to water my plants. Oh, okay, I'm sorry, I just can't go. But then you've got a good friend or a good family member and they just know you're making up silly excuses and they force you to get there. This, this happened, I, I, I'm actually notorious for this, uh, but this happened, there's one speci- specific time And every year we go to Adelaide as a family. I'm from Adelaide. All my cousins, uh, not just cousins, family live in Adelaide for Christmas. And every year on December 26, they go to this place called Happy Valley. And you see, I used to be like, yeah, like, and they would always invite me and I'll be like, yeah, 100%, I'll be there. I would never miss family time. You know me, I love the family. I'm hardly here. I am going to be there. But in my mind, I'm like, there is no chance. I'm going to Happy Valley with my family. I'm going shopping. It's Boxing Day. I've got friends to see. I'm going to Happy Valley. Like, there is no chance. So, three, four years, I got away with these excuses. Until one year, Tiana and I were three to four years dating. And she decided, oh, let's spend a Christmas together. So, she came over with me to Adelaide for Christmas. And they got into her head that this place was good. And so she wanted to go. So, I was like, are you serious? Oh, like, and then, so she's like, Jack, you're coming. And I'm like, no, I'm not. Like, we had that relationship, that I'm like, I'm, I'm not going to go. So, I went to Happy Valley that year. <laughs> um, but, but do you see, also, another reason I didn't want to go, it's a beach, but it's called a valley. It lies in its name. It's just, oh, it's so, but I'm not, I'm not going to lie. I went. It was unbelievable. It was actually really good. Like, it was one of the best days I've ever had in Adelaide. I saw my girlfriend in a bikini. That was good. Uh. <laughs> I'm sorry, if that, it's true though, we're married now, uh, but, but uh, it, was, it was four years, you're like, that's a long time, uh, but I, everything was unbelievable, I'm scared of heights, so I jumped off a cliff like into water, it was a beautiful day, it was actually one of the best days I've ever had um, in Adelaide, and like, I can't believe I nearly missed, well, I've missed out for three to four years, and to be completely honest, if it wasn't for Tiana, I would still be missing out you see I left that day going why the heck did I did I make all these beliefs and excuses to to stop me from going and experiencing such a great day and I read a story at the start about a man named Moses and you see Moses was called by God to do something unbelievable to do something miraculous but he nearly let excuses and doubt stop him from doing what God called him to do and just like me and in my story, he nearly missed out. See, there was five times where Moses used excuses, which stemmed from beliefs, to try and get out of what God had actually called him to do. And you see, the first excuse was found in Exodus 3 verse 11, and it says, but Moses said to God, who am I that I should go to Pharaoh and bring the Israelites out of Egypt? Moses's first excuse was, I'm not good enough, God. I'm not good enough. But the thing is, if I know, if Moses was asked this and to live out this call 40 years earlier, it would have been a completely different answer. Do you see, 40, it says in the Bible he was good looking, he was well educated and he was called by God. Like my friend Reuben over here. Um, He's one of our great youth leaders, he's unbelievable. But you see, in one moment, all confidence was lost. And in Acts 7, 23 to 29, it says... One day when Moses was 40 years old, he decided to visit his relatives, the people of Israel. He saw an Egyptian mistreating an Israelite, so Moses came to the man's defense and avenged him. Killing the Egyptian, Moses assumed his fellow Israelites would realize that God had sent him to rescue them. But they didn't. Quick tip, don't kill someone. Um, The next day he visited them again and said... Two men of, saw two men of Israel fighting. He tried to be a peacemaker. Many said, you are brothers. Why are you fighting each other? But the man in the wrong pushed Moses aside. Who made you ruler and judge over us? He asked, are you going to kill me as you killed the, that Egyptian yesterday? When Moses heard this, that he fled the country and lived as a foreigner in the land of Midian. There his two sons were born. See, in this story, Moses had let the belief and that, that he was not good enough, actually become a layer on his life. Do you see, in one moment, one stuff up caused him to lose all confidence to the point where God calls him from a burning bush that doesn't go down. Like, that's never been done. I don't know if it's been done since. I don't think it has. Um, to the point where he's going, no, I'm not, I'm not good enough to do this. And you see, I don't actually believe this was just an excuse. I actually believe this was an excuse that turned into a belief. And what happened was this layer came onto his life. And just like Moses, there's been times where you've been able to, you've had the opportunity to move forward in life. Maybe it's through God, a God calling, or maybe it's a boss trying to offer you a promotion. But, but you've just, you've let stuff ups of either yourself or family members become a, an excuse to the, turn into a belief, which has actually become a layer on your life where you're like, when you get to that point, you're just like, I, I, I'm not good enough. And you see that leads us to the second excuse which we find in Exodus 3:13. And that says Moses said to God, suppose I go to Israel or the Israelites and say to them the God of your fathers has sent, sent me to you and they ask me what is his name then what should I tell them? Moses' second excuse was I don't have the answers which in turn became a layer on his life. See Moses was doubting his intelligence in this story. This is despite growing up in Pharaoh's household. He was growing up in the best of the best, Pharaoh's palace. So that tells me he would have got the best education. He would have had the best, being just taught the best stuff. His knowledge would be up there. But you see, because because of stuff-ups and because of where he'd left in the first layer of I'm not good enough, it got him to the point where he's actually doubting if he had the knowledge. He's actually doubting if he had the intelligence, and you see, Moses had all the tools to do what God had called him to do, but he he still believed he did not have all the answers. And and you may be sitting here this morning, and there's been times once again where God's called you to do something, where your boss may have promoted you, where you've wanted to maybe even study or something, but you've just you've let your I don't I'm I'm just you've let a layer come onto your life just like Moses, where it's like I don't have the intelligence, I don't know what I'm doing. I, I'm not smart enough for this. And, and you've maybe never been smart and, and you've let that become a layer on your life. That feeling of not being adequate enough for any task that is above where you believe takes a hold of you and adds a layer just like Moses. And you see, the third excuse is in Exodus 4 verse 1. Moses answered, What if they do not believe me or listen to me and say, The Lord did not appear to you. See, Moses' third excuse was people won't believe or listen to me, which became his third layer that was on his life. And you see, isn't this such a human... Res- Sorry. Isn't this such a human excuse? Like, oh, my, what, what about people? All my decisions are made on people. I don't know what I'm going to do. Like, I, like, and, and there's people here today that, like Moses, you've actually lived your life letting the media, letting friends, letting people in your life determine your thoughts, beliefs, and actions. Oh, there we are, um, and you see, I actually lived like this throughout my whole teenage life. I went to I went to a good Christian school, but I lived my whole teenage life and whole school life actually just making decisions based on what I thought would be liked. I thought, and to the point where one time, like I had some good friends, and they I love clothes. As you can see, my sermon illustration is clothes. So clearly, I love clothes, but and. And my friends were like, we need to wear polo shirts, um, nice pants, and boat shoes. I was 14. So, you know, you bet, you, you know what I did? Mum, I'm 14, I don't have my license. Mum, can we go to the shops? So I need to buy polo shirts, nice pants, and boat shoes. And you betcha, I got my ni- polo shirts, nice pants, and boat shoes. It was, uh, but I was, the problem is, I was 14, trying to look like the CEO of Google. Like, what, <laughs> what? <laughs> Like, and you may be sitting there tonight, this morning, and you're like, polo shirts are quite nice. I I like them. I like wearing boat shoes and nice pants. Yeah, it's because you're probably a nice, great age. I was 14. Pastor Joe wears polo shirts, but he has a beard down to his toes and is maybe not the youngest we've seen anymore. We love him praying for it, praying you for healing, Pastor Joe. Uh, But, but I did not look good in these polo shirts. I can guarantee you that. And I, but the thing is, that was just one of many stories that I used to, to do just because I'd be liked. And to be completely honest with you, I wasn't even really that liked because I wasn't really myself. And it wasn't until Pastor Joe, I remember this so clearly, sat me down at a cafe. I was nearly like three weeks to go to school. It actually probably wasn't my last week of school and said, every decision you make in your life is to please other people. Every decision that you, like, you just change to each and every person that you're with because you just want to impress people and you're actually not yourself. And you see, that, that it hit me hard because it was pretty flipping brutal, but, um, but I needed to hear that. I needed to hear that because from that moment, I haven't been perfect, but I can guarantee I haven't let it become a layer on my life because I know it was holding me back and to the point where I've actually met Seen people from school after, and they've told me straight up, you're a lot cooler now than what you were at school. But because that was because I was being myself. And you see, just like Moses, just like me in that story, I know there's people here today that have let layer come into their life of just making decisions because of the media, making decisions of friends, making decisions, and it's just become a layer, and you can't actually move forward with life because it may not be cool to your friends, but really, you know, that it's actually cool. You know that you're meant to do it. And it's actually stopping you from living out God's, God's plan for your life. And it becomes another layer. See, Moses' fourth excuse was found in Exodus 4 verse 10. Moses said to the Lord, pardon, pardon your servant. Lord, I have never been eloquent, neither in the past nor since I have spoken to your servant. I am slow of speech and tongue. See, Moses' fourth excuse was, I don't have the right skills for this. And, and it does say in the Bible, and, which becomes a fourth layer onto his life, and it actually says in the Bible that Moses, yes, did suffer from some sort of speech impairment. Like, he, he, that is true. But I honestly think, and I can't help but, re, but think, that he was adding a bit of mayo to it, as Australians say. I think he did have the knowledge, and because in, or had the skills, sorry, because in Acts 7, it says, Moses was educated in all the wisdom of the Egyptians and was powerful in speech and action. So, yes, there was a speech impairment. Yes, there, that was a struggle. But he was brought up in Pharaoh's palace, as I mentioned previously, which to me shows he would have been very well educated. But he actually lived in the palace where he's trying to, to, to in the people that he talked to for 40 years. He had the skills for it. He would have known how to speak to them. He would have known how to act around them. He would have had the relationship with them. But he had let one layer come on to another layer, to another layer, to to, to four layers on his life, and he's just like, "I, I can't do it. I don't have the skills for this. I've just been tending sheep for 40 years. So, yes, Moses may not have been eloquent in tongue, as it says, but I can guarantee you he had the skills and, and once again, ju- there could be times in your life where you've let that become a layer, where you've actually let that become something that's hold you back from moving forward with your life. It could be that you've, you've been offered a job promotion, but you're like, I don't have the skills for that. that I could fail. I, I just can't do it. Like, because what happens if I fail? Then people will laugh at me that I'm not good enough already, and, and it's just not going to happen. But, that's, you can't, but and that's where another layer comes onto your life and it'll actually stop you. And you're just saying a place where you're like, I'm safe here, I know I can do it well, but you know it's not where you're supposed to be. And you see, Moses' fifth excuse we find in Exodus 4, verse 13, and it says, but Moses said, pardon your servant, Lord, please send someone else. Moses' fifth and last excuse was, I'm not qualified. Like, I'm just not qualified. Please send someone else, which is like the fifth layer he, and the la, final layer he added onto his life. And you see, I can't help but wonder was it because of the first four, probably got him to the point where this fifth, the, he, uh, he hits the fifth, and he's just like, I just can't do it, God. I just can't do it. Send someone else. And have you noticed every layer I've put on tonight? I have become so much more restricted. Uh, I, it's so much harder to preach. I can't do this. Everything is so much more difficult. And to, it's actually got me to the point, I'm not going to lie, where I'm like, this was the dumbest illustration I've ever, <laughs> I've ever thought of. I, I'm, I, I, everything is so much more difficult. Every, uh, I want to give up. It's hot. It's a hot day. We live in Queensland. And I, just, I just want to give up. It's got, haven't you noticed that I'm restricted? I can't do what I'm actually meant to do properly this morning. I actually think this is what happened with Moses. See, Moses was called up to take his people out of captivity by God. And then after rattling four excuses off, he ends up saying, I'm not qualified. And in essence, just, just gives up, just gives up. I'm, I'm just going to do what I'm keeping doing. See, I don't think those, those four excuses that he said, though, were just excuses, I actually believe there are excuses that turned into beliefs that then added layers onto his life. See, beliefs that kept taking Moses one by one down, one layer by layer down to the point where he's just like, God is speaking to him in a burning bush, so you clearly know it's God, and he gives you four excuses and to the point where he goes, just send someone else. I don't want to do it. Like, I'm I'm not worthy of it. But he actually let, see, Moses let, excuses become beliefs which caused him to be restricted in what his call of God was in his life. See, there are people here this morning that just like Moses, God has called you. Jeremiah 29, as it says, there's a plan for every single one of us. There's people just like Moses that God has called you, but you've let layers, you've let layers come into your life and restrict you Restrict you from what you're able to do, and then you just you found yourself pretending to be content in a place where really you know you're not meant to be. Really you know that you're you're meant to do so much more, but you've let excuses become beliefs which have become layers onto your life, where you've just accepted where you are. Jeremiah twenty nine, eleven, for I know the plans I have for you, says the Lord, they are plans for good and not for disaster to give you a future and a hope. But you see, this is where God comes in. See, Moses was restricted. Moses was at the point where he wanted to give up, but he had an encounter with God that changed everything. And at the start of the conversation, he had all these layers on just like me this morning, and he is restricted. But one by one, God was able to shed those layers off of his life, to shed one by one that he's not good enough. Do you see, Moses' first belief was, I'm not good enough? God's response was, you were not going to do it alone. I am with you. Which then, in turn, put a layer to come off. You see, Moses' second belief, I don't have all the answers. God's response, that's fine. I have provided, and I have them, and I'm going to provide them to you. Which, in turn, another layer comes off. Moses' third belief... <laughs> Was, was people won't believe me or listen to me. God's response, don't worry about other people. I'll give them signs and they'll know it is from me, which in turn, a layer comes off. Have you noticed each layer that I am taking off has become easier and easier to do? See, Moses' fourth belief was, I don't have the right skills for this. God's response, I'm in charge of all things. I'll be with you. There's another layer comes off. And you see, Moses' fifth belief was, was not even really a belief, it was just the point of giving up was "Send someone else." God's response, "I'll put the people around you, but I've chosen you." which in turn leads to a free a, a, the last layer being shed off. And you see, I've named five excuses this morning, but I know there's so many more excuses in your lives, that may have turned into beliefs, that may have actually turned into layers, and you're just so restricted. But I want you to know this morning that any belief that you've let take restrict you in your life, God has the answer. God will allow you to shed. You just need to be open to it. You see, you may believe you're not good enough. God says you are good enough. You may believe that you won't have all the answers. God says you don't, but I will give them to you. See, you may have let people's thoughts and beliefs and actions become your thoughts, beliefs and actions, even though if you look 40 years ago or 20 years ago, you're like, I would never have believed that. But I've just wanted to be liked. You see, God's, You see, God says, my opinion is what matters. And you may believe that you don't have the right skills, but God says, don't worry, I'm in charge. You may believe your time of calling, your, your God calling is over. I can guarantee you God is saying, it is not over. You just need to shed. See, Moses was in a place where he was content leading sheep, where he was actually called to lead people. And there are people here today that may be in like a sheep season, but you're actually called to lead much more, called to do much more. But he actually, and Moses, just like Moses, Moses allowed God to shed beliefs that held him back of 40 years of his life so he could walk in his destiny. It is time more, I feel it's time to give whatever you believe? whatever your belief or beliefs are that are holding you back, that are restricting you, it's time to give them to God. It's time to actually shed those beliefs. It is time to shed. And, and I've, I've, I've made this sermon a bit small this morning because I really believe that this was a word from God. So can I please have the band up? Because I really believe there are things that need to be shed off people's lives this morning. And you see, in Acts 7:36, it says, "He led them out of Egypt and performed wonders and signs in Egypt, at the Red Sea for forty years in the wilderness, because he was able to shed those beliefs. He was able to live in his God cool, and I know for a fact." That he wouldn't have been able to do that without shedding those beliefs, shedding those excuses that became beliefs that became layers. He was able to lead his people out of Israel just as God had called him to do. And you see, without as and I was uh, as I was praying for this morning. I really believe believe there was many beliefs, but there was two that really pinpointed that I really believe, and they were that people here have let generational. And geographical beliefs creep into your life that have actually caused you to have a, become a layer. So that means there's, there's people here that have let, let beliefs your parents may have had, beliefs your grandparents may have had, beliefs your family may have had. You don't even maybe even know their beliefs that have held layers onto your life, but they have. And they've actually stopped you from doing what God's called you to do. And the second one was, there's a, there are people here this morning that have let the the geographical, the you know how Morayfield and Caboolture can have that such a terrible connotation around it, and you've actually let that, without really knowing, creep into your life. You've actually let that, without knowing, actually cause you to cause to become a layer. So when you actually move to go forward and move to beca- do something successful, you get held back because you're like, "Oh, I'm just from Morayfield. We're not supposed to do that." It's time for that to be shed. And you see. We are meant to live. We are not meant to live restricted. God wants us to live freely. So whatever belief that is holding you back, it's time for it to be shed off your life.